Hey, this is Nick Vanderkolk, the producer for Love and Radio. Um, the episode this week is kind of gross. Uh, so if you're squeamish around blood and things like that, you might want to skip this one. Where does the story start? Well, the story starts, um, this guy named Peter uh, who's a local, I guess you could say, meltdown alcoholic. He's about 60 years old. He's got like a full head of wavy blonde hair. He looks like sort of like a washed up rock star and probably should have been a rock star in his life. But Nathan and I, our favorite quote of his was, uh, yeah, I had dreams, man, but fuck it, it's over. And so, oh my God. <laughs> There's fucking mustard everywhere. Oh my God. This interview is falling apart. <laughs> you, you want to describe what just happened? Uh, Nick just, uh, while I was talking, squeezed the, the mustard bottle uh, sitting on a table at the cafe where hanging out at and uh, a literal geyser of mustard exploded all over the table covered his glasses got on my face on my pants uh, in my coffee Um, it was a nightmare of mustard Nathan and I work at uh, an art gallery in Cambridge Peter started hanging out there came to all of our openings and you know drank uh, heavily at all of them um, which we definitely encouraged um, because we all drink heavily at our openings and then we had a reading at the gallery Peter showed up to the reading and he was like totally wasted and so Peter's just in the back just slugging down you know glass of wine after glass of wine after glass of wine Peter has like, he's got like this rancid like cigarette mixture of wine and beer and whatever else he drank, like this nasty like mustard gas breath. And he gets right in your face with it. And he gets like within four inches and then so you back up. And then he takes a step forward, like he's got to be right in your face. And then you take another step back and then he follows. And it's like this dance you do like across the room and at one point, Nathan pulled Peter aside, and Nathan was like, "Look, man, you're slurring your words. Like you're you're really drunk. Like maybe you should go home." And Peter got like really angry, and Peter's like, "Fuck you, man! Like, you know, I'm I'm totally fine. I'm just hanging out. Like, what's your problem? You know, you're such an." He's like, "Who are you? My father?" Blah blah yeah, blah yeah, blah yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter leaves, and we hang out for about another hour and a half, and everyone's having a good time. Everybody leaves to go have dinner. Nathan and I didn't feel like having dinner so I sat down and I just you know cut myself a couple of pieces of bread and poured myself a new glass of orangina and sat down there's I'm sitting in this one sort of ante room and then there's the main part of the gallery and so all those lights are off and only the lights are on in this little ante room and I'm just sitting there and Nathan's back in his office which is you know in the back of the gallery just sitting there, just like totally serene and peaceful, eating this cheese and drinking this orangina. All of a sudden, the door of the gallery comes flying open. 
and Peter comes stumbling into the gallery. I turn and I look at him and I say, Peter. And he turns to me. The light was sort of coming through the door. So when he turned, his face was like sort of half lit. And I see his whole face. I mean, his whole face is covered in blood. Covered. thought about how I'm going to get human parts, I've considered, the only way I can think is, soon, is to get like a, a crackhead or something, and get them like maybe $300 for a finger or something like that, you know? It would work. It would work. It would so work. It would so work. Think about it. I, I, I don't know if that's... I think it's legal. I don't, is that illegal? I don't think it's le illegal. It might be illegal. I but what about a, just a finger? But I would probably be famous. That's like the one... That's like my... my like if I can't get it that, any other way, I'll just pay someone for a finger. do to me if I if I use a finger though. I wonder what the punishment is for that. Any jail time? I can look it up. The door of the gallery comes flying open. Um like literally just bursts open and Peter comes stumbling into the gallery and uh, I turn and I look at him and I say Peter and he turns to me and I see his whole face I mean his whole face is covered in blood covered you know what I mean like just smeared in his hair all over his face down his neck his whole shirt is covered in blood the lights were on where I was and the lights weren't on where he was and so the light was sort of coming through the door and so when he turned his face was like sort of half lit and I noticed he's covered in blood it looked like a fucking horror movie or something and he turns to me and I look down below him and like the the, the the gallery floor it's like this sort of hardwood floor and uh like it's coming through the door light coming through the glass door from the street from the lights in the street sort of half lit and i look down below him and it's like you just see little drops of blood just dripping out you know and i'm looking and it looks like blood just drops you know and i'm looking and it looks like it's almost raining blood underneath him I saw the first few drops, and then they kept going, and then it was more, and it was like spurting off of him. Peter, what the fuck happened to you? And I started to get up to 
go over to him and he started like just sort of babbling and just like was waving his hands around and when he raised his hand up I like seriously almost passed out I was just like I instantly became weak I looked at his hand and his right pinky was just straight up missing it was just gone and um I guess it's like a tendon that runs from your elbow all the way down into your hand and you could feel each one going over the, the back of your hand towards your fingers and that helps control, you know, I think raising your fingers up like that. Yeah, um, and if you squeeze yeah, your, yeah. if you make a fist you can Yeah, you can like you, yeah, elbow. you can feel them on your elbow if you make a fist or, or open it. And so apparently each of these are individ there's like, you know, five of them or whatever and each one is connected to a finger. And so when he ripped his finger off, and we'll get to how he did that later, it separated the tendon at the elbow. And so it, and then it pulled the tendon out. And so when he held his hand up, it was like his pinky was missing. But there was literally about six or seven inches of this nasty looking bloody like tendon hanging out of his hand and it was just like dangling and waving as he waves his hand around So it was maybe a Friday night, and um, we decided to stay in, get drunk, and watch this movie called The Eye. Um, this girl had lost her eye, and she went to the hospital to go get an eye transplant. And with this new eye, she started seeing dead people. Uh, the movie itself wasn't good, but it was kind of graphic. And I went to sleep thinking about it. So, I don't know how long I was asleep for, but I was, I was sound asleep. Maybe two hours into it. I'm woken up. I have no idea what's going on. I looked up, and at, at this point, we'd, I had my bed and on the floor my head right against these right against these French doors and I looked up and there was a hand sticking through one of the one of the glass panes his knuckles were bleeding and there was a good cut on his wrist that was dripping blood down onto my pillow that was directly below the, uh, the French door. I kind of, I think it's a bad dream. I want to go to bed. Um, it was dark in my room. And I just tried to, tried to make myself go back to sleep. 
but uh, you know, it didn't go away. The noise didn't stop. And I, I got up and I was completely naked. Completely. I didn't have any clothes on. Yeah, so I was naked and I, um, well, I, before I got up, I was like groping around next to my bed to look for an empty 40 ounce. And I didn't find one. But I found a Nalgene bottle. It was pink. And so I picked up this Nalgene bottle and I stood up and I faced this guy with no clothes on. Well, he had clothes on, I didn't have any clothes on. He just had a bloody hand. I don't say anything. I'm, I'm, I He's don't even believe drunk. it. Uh, I don't believe I'm it. obviously drunk. We're having a really t hard time figuring out what's going on. He looks at me and he says, Where the fuck is Pikachu? I'm just trying to go to sleep. And, um, this dude's looking at me and he's asking me where the fuck Pikachu is. I ask him, you know, who the fuck are you? What are you doing breaking into my room? He doesn't say anything. He just repeats, where the fuck is Pikachu? Then he sees I have something in my hand. I don't think he can tell what it is. It's dark. It was dark enough for me to feel comfortable enough having a conversation with him without any closing. Um, he asked me, what, what the fuck is that in your hand? Are you going to squirt me? And I tell him, yeah, I'm going to squirt you. <laughs> we just kind of stare at each other for a while. He had been trying to get the door unlatched by breaking through next to the next to the handle and, and flipping the lock from the inside but once I woke up he stopped and after I stood up neither of us really knew what to say we just kind of stood there for a while um, he realized at some point, um, through the silence, that I wasn't Pikachu, and I really didn't know who Pikachu was. I told him that I was just subletting the room, and he believed he believed me. And Nathan sees his hand and goes, Peter, what the fuck, fuck happened to you? It was obviously a tendon immediately. I knew it was a tendon, but I mean, it looked essentially like a shoelace sticking out of his pinky finger. And uh, it's like whipping in the air. I said, 
Peter, where's your finger? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm like, Peter, your finger's off. He's like, oh, no, no. I'm like, Peter, Peter, your finger's off. What happened? No, no, no. I look at Tom, and the kid's face is white. And he gets up. He, like, runs past Peter, and he, like, runs out the door. And, like, as the door is shutting, I'm like, call 911. <laughs> I'm like, this guy is fucking nuts right now. This is, like, this is an emergency. So I... So I just took off running down Mass Ave. I was like, I'll just outrun this guy. Ran all the way down, about around the Audubon pen, and I'd been dialing 911 as I was running. It was like, I was like the typical fucking 911 caller. They were like, like 911 emergency. I was like, oh Jesus, oh fuck, oh God. I was like, my friends hurt real bad. Like. He's like, don't call the cops. I got trouble in Long Island. I got trouble in Long Island. And I'm like, Peter, you got problems right now. <laughs> the ambulance shows up, and then he starts yelling, You fucked me, you fucked me, you fucked me, you guys fucked me, you fucked me. They finally laid him down in the, in the gurney and, and closed the doors, and then they left. He is one of these people that you really like to watch because sometimes you like to see how bad it can get. Like, you kind of want to see them go into, like, self-destructive mode because you want to see them explode. Not that It's not really horrible, but, I mean, it's, like, slightly entertaining because you can't stop it. You know, like, they will, uh, people like him, they'll, they'll just do it anyway. Sometimes it's just kind of interesting to see how low someone's actually going to put themselves. It's, it's weird because between you and Tom, you seem to like having him around a lot more, but you almost seem less sympathetic about what happened. Yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with liking him. I like him, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sympathize with him. You know, like, people can't take care of their own shit, and, you know, like, I, don't, I definitely don't want to be taking care of people, you know, and, like, I'm not going to necessarily, in this situation equate that with uh, you know friendship with the guy when he, he pretty much ends up just taking and taking and taking at the end of the day he has relatively little to give back other than his uh, his like his entertaining personality is, is basically really fun to be around but I just don't have any sympathy for his for his problems he always says that uh, the man who wants nothing is invincible. It's like his mantra. But back to the story. Let's go find Peter's finger. Because, you know, if we find the finger, there's a good chance that they could actually put it back on. I know exactly where he, his apartment is. I know exactly where he's staying. And I know the exact route that he would take to go home. I think when we were following the blood trail, I'll, I'll admit that, yeah, definitely, I was excited, like, that I was uh, tracking this guy's movements, you know? Like, <laughs> following his blood down the sidewalk. So following his blood trail, blood trail, blood trail, blood trail, blood trail. We followed the, uh, the blood trail to his doorstep where it looked like it had been raining blood. This is obviously the part where Peter's recognizing that he can't find his keys. And so, uh, 
which is funny because they were in his pocket the whole time. And I think that we're pretty lucky that uh, he didn't find his keys and came back because otherwise he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. He definitely wouldn't have gone for anything. In which case, he probably would have bled to death. And if he didn't bleed to death, he would have woke up with probably the worst hangover experience I think anyone can ever fucking have. You wake up, and not only is your head pounding, and you know you're covered in blood and sleeping in your clothes from the night before, but your pinky is missing and there's a seven inch fucking tendon hanging out of the front of it right at the corner of Putnam and Surrey Ave there's a very large snowbank, and the snowbank had a lot of blood in it so it started shining the light like around the snowbank, and there was the finger it was laying right on like right in the middle of the sidewalk and it was like pointing right at us we have pictures of it we'll definitely can we throw a picture of it on the website oh, man. can we <laughs> maybe okay we call uh, the cops and they send over an ambulance and they come over with a biohazard bag and you start picking it up and this long 7 inch tendon is like now like frozen to the concrete and so it's like picking up a long string of spaghetti off the table it's just like slowly peeling off and they put it in the bag. And at this point, Peter calls. And he's like, oh, hey, dude. I'm just calling because I just was wondering if you uh, if you found my... If you found my... I'm just calling because I just was wondering if you, uh, if you found my cigarettes. <laughs> at this big snowbank... Um, I assume that Peter stumbled into it and slipped. Right next to the snowbank is a stop sign. And the stop sign post is bolted to an older stop sign post, one that has been cut off. And they're shaped so that you can actually fit them into each other. Basically, you don't have to pull the anchor out of the ground. You can just cut the pole off and then bolt a new pole onto the old pole. But the two poles over time had sort of become separated. And it was just enough space for someone to, like, stick their, like, their pinky or, like, actually, like, basically any finger could definitely fit into this slot. Peter, in his, in his like, sorry-ass, drunken stupor, slipping, reached out for one of the stop signs that he saw, and I think he missed it, and jammed his finger right down into this slot. And I think after that happened... He rolled over, and then that's when the finger actually just popped right off. There was nothing they could actually do to reattach it because it ripped the tendon out of his arm. 